Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight, and good to see all of you here tonight as we begin. Uh, we want to start tonight the way we've been ending tonight. I want us to, first of all, all of us, uh, Heavenly Father, we thank You for this evening. We thank You for Sean and these men leading us. Thank You for their testimony and song. Thank You for their faithfulness to Jesus, and we honor and glorify You. Amazing love. How can it be that You died for us? We praise You for it, Lord Jesus, for Your amazing eternal, permanent love for us. We thank You for Your love. Your love gives us hope and encouragement in the days in which we live, and we thank You for it. We thank You for Your grace and Your mercy, and we thank You for the Word of God, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So while we have our heads bowed, let's all pause for a moment and think about someone that perhaps the Lord's put on your mind or someone you've spoken to today, someone who's in some kind of circumstance, uh, some kind of challenge, uh, victory or joy or sadness, whatever it may be. Let's just pause for a moment now and ask the Lord to put someone on our hearts that uh, He would want us to pray for. Just for a minute, let's just pause. Heavenly Father, here we are, this part of Your people here at First Baptist Church, and we gather in this place tonight, and we ask that You would put upon our minds now that special person that You want us to pray for tonight. So now that you have that person in your mind, let's pray that the Lord would do His work in that person's life. Perhaps it's salvation, perhaps it's bringing them back to God, perhaps it's encouraging them, comforting them in their sorrow and their sadness, whatever it might be. Heavenly Father, we pray for the one that you've put upon our minds. We present them to you tonight. We don't know all that they need, but You know all that they need. and You will provide all of their needs. We pray that You might bless them tonight, wherever they are, in whatever condition they might be in. And how we pray that tonight You would help us to love others first and love ourselves last after we love You. So Lord, we thank You for the opportunity to speak to You and present our friends to You, perhaps our enemies, whoever it is we're praying for. We pray for our enemies. We pray for those who despitefully use us, take advantage of us, and we pray for our friends and our family. And So we, we present these requests to You. May You hear our prayers, forgive our sins so that Truly, we might be intercessors. And now we pause and as a group, let's again pray for the United States of America and pray that God would continue to do the work that He is doing in the United States of America to accomplish His purposes. We pray, Heavenly Father, tonight for those in authority at all levels 
the president and all of the, the governor of our state and all the others who lead and have responsibilities in our government. We pray for them. We pray that the will of God would be done in our world, that we might be willing to submit to the will of God that you have and for your purposes to be accomplished. We, we now pray. We pray, Lord, that you would do the work that you need to do, the spiritual work that needs to be done in our country. We pray for those who are suffering because of uh, this uh, pestilence and virus and trouble. We pray, Lord, that through all the difficulties of these days, the sadness and the sorrow and the anger and the madness and the critical spirit and the hatred and violence, that you might accomplish your purposes, that people would live by faith, walk by faith, your people, in the midst of this trouble. So we come tonight completely reliant upon you to do your work in America. And we thank you for this opportunity to pray and for this time in your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, again, good to see all of you. And we're talking tonight, continuing to talk about things you need. And I'm going to ask you to turn back to a place that we have studied. And we, in fact, I started in, I want you to go to 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1. And uh, Daniel, I'm going to fix this here. In 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, I want to go back to these verses because we started this many, many, I don't even know how long ago it was, as we started to talk about things you need, and then we were interrupted by uh, these uh, times that we're living in. Now I want us to come back to that because I really believe with all my heart that there are some things that we need that the Word of God gives us that will help us in times like this. So here we are reading from Second Peter. Obviously, a letter, the second letter of Peter the Apostle. And uh, Peter has some wonderful things to say here. And I'm going to, I'm going to begin reading actually in verse number uh, 1 and go all the way through to verse number 5. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. For by these He has granted to us His precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith. That's where we'll stop. We went on and started looking at these other things that we need Supplying, uh, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, moral excellence, knowledge, and then he goes on. We need all of those other things, but tonight I want us to pause and come back to this very important truth. 
What do we need? Oh, my friends, the most essential thing we all need, the most essential thing we all need is faith in God. That's what we need. And we need faith in God during these days. Uh, Not a day goes by as I speak and talk with our people, minister to our folks. I'm reminded in all the circumstances, so what do you do when you're facing trouble with your children, young and old alike, or your grandchildren? You, You have to trust God. What do you do when you can't get out of your house and you can't Uh, You can't carry on a regular schedule and you're limited because of the days in which we live. You have to trust God. What do we do when we're laying in the bed and we're facing death? You have to trust God. What do you do when you're in the hospital listening to the doctors talk about you? Uh, Trying to figure out what to do because of your situation? You trust God. What do you do when you feel like you've been left alone because you've had the loss of a loved one? You trust God. What do you do in order that you might be forgiven of your sins and be delivered from judgment and hell? You trust God. So I'm asking tonight, you who are here tonight, those of you who are listening to me tonight, and God bless you, those who are listening. We wish you could be here, and we know there are many reasons why you cannot. But may the Lord bless you, and I'm glad you're with us. The question for all of you who can hear me within the sound of my voice is this, what are you believing God to do today? You know, you see, every one of us have faith or believe by faith if we're saved. We're saved by our faith and we live by our faith. This is what we need. This is what we need. I find that as I talk with people, the condition of their faith and the shape of their faith is in all kinds of Conditions. A lot of people with weak faith today, just barely able to believe God. But the Lord intends for us, and God intends for us to grow strong in our faith. And that's why I believe that Peter is saying here, now for this reason, applying all diligence in your faith, and then he goes on to say supply or add to it, but he starts with our faith. So I'm going to ask again tonight, You might be taking notes. You might need to write it down. What are you believing God for tonight? Every last one of us should be believing God for a number of things. If you're saved. Unless this is just an experiment in studying the Bible and learning more about spiritual things. If you're saved, you cannot be saved without believing by faith in Jesus Christ and then living by it. So what are you believing God for? Have you given up? Have you surrendered? Are you now back in unbelief? Are you now living in the way you used to live? Trusting in yourself rather than trusting in God? Trusting in others? What is it that you're believing God for? And the other question I would have is, if you're not believing God or trusting God, what are you trusting in? A lot of people trusting in a lot of things today, man-made things, aren't they? It's always been the way it is. That's what idolatry is. Idolatry is trusting in man-made things. And when you trust in man-made things, you become like the things you trust in. So we learn this very important fact, this focal truth tonight is that believers need strong, diligent faith 
in the promises of God. What are you believing God for? Well, all that we believe God for must be found and based on the promises of God. My faith is placed in the person of Jesus Christ and what He promised. That's what we have to understand about faith. You see, the life of the saint is nothing but a life of faith. You can't be saved without faith. You can't be holy without faith. You can't be hopeful without faith. You can't be fruitful without faith. In fact, before I go there and and take this apart, let me remind you of the very important words in Hebrews 11. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You see, if you are trying to please God, but you don't trust God, you can't please God. So I love you in the Lord. I'm your pastor. My question is to you tonight, what are you believing God for? Are you living by faith or is that just a, an idea? Do you trust God when the clouds are dark and the days are short and the nights are long and the hardship comes? Do you trust God? Do you trust God when the sun's shining? And the sky is blue, and everything seems to just be rolling in on top of you in blessing. Do you trust God? Well, that's what I want to talk about tonight. It's interesting that in 2 Peter 1, 1, first he introduces this in this way. To those who have received, notice, a faith of the same kind as ours. Now, that's quite a statement. Peter is one of the original men who walked with Jesus Christ. And yet Peter, though he saw Jesus, he had to put his faith in Jesus Christ and believe what he said. In fact, you remember these words. I'll give you the reference. Some of you note things. Uh, John six sixty eight. A lot of the disciples who were following Jesus decided that Jesus was preaching too hard. They didn't like what He was saying. It was too hard to accept. So they couldn't accept His words by faith. And so they left following Jesus and Jesus turned to these disciples. Many of you remember the story. And the Lord said, are all of you disciples going to go away too? And here's what Peter said. He said it on behalf of all the others. Lord, to whom would we go? Listen, you have the words of eternal life. John 6, 68. That is a statement of faith. He had to put his faith, we have left everything to follow you. Peter said that on another occasion. Faith, to step away and follow Jesus. I've often wondered if the Lord Jesus came in this room tonight and demanded of all of us that we leave everything we're doing, our trades, our families, our jobs, our possessions, and follow Him. How many of us would line up and go? Lord, we've left everything to follow You. Faith of the the apostles, their fearlessness, their commitment to follow Jesus all the way to death, all but John, all martyred. And they lived and died by their faith. 
to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours. Your faith is as real as the faith of Peter and his trust in Jesus Christ. Now, with that in mind, quickly, go back to 1 Peter chapter 1. I want to, I want to follow this thought through with you. Look at this same kind of faith. This, this faith we're talking about is so important. Now, just flip back to the first letter, just a few pages back in your New Testament. We're studying together the Bible, so we'll take the time. Turn back there, 1 Peter chapter 1. Notice what Peter says here now as he opens this wonderful letter. He says... Verse 3, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Notice verse 5. Now this is where it gets interesting. Who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last times. We believe and trust God to save us, to save us from our sin, and also to save us in these last days in the trouble when Jesus comes again. And then he says in verse 6, In this you greatly rejoice that you're going to be saved, even though now for a little while you have been distressed by various trials. And we are tonight. The distress of trials is real. In this room, among you, among other people, the distress is real. And then he says, So that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You got the bad news today, so will you trust God? You greatly rejoice even though you're distressed by trials. That's the days we live in. Even if you're not in the distress of it like some, you're distressed by the distress of others. It affects what you trust God for or don't trust God for. Your distress either pushes you to unbelief or your distress pushes you to trust God. And your faith is being tested. It's in the fire. This same faith, Peter's faith was tested. You remember? I'll never deny you, and I'll die for you, Jesus. Will you, Peter? Before the cock crows three times, you're going to deny me. And sure enough, what did he do? Oh, Peter knew what it was like to have his faith tested. Tonight... Oh, Pastor Mike, what's all this going on in my life? I tell you, first of all, my friend, it's the testing of your faith. If I could say this to the whole church, without our church being distracted all the time, seemingly by such strange things as we are, I would say the same thing. We are being tested every day, whether we will trust God or not. And these things that happen to us are permitted and passed through the hands of God. What are you trusting God for? And what shape is your faith in during these times of trouble? Verse 8, 1 Peter 1, 8. And though you have not seen Jesus, you love Him. And though you do not see Him now, 
You believe in Him. That's the key right there. Will I believe in Jesus Christ, whatever is happening in my life day by day? You greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, verse 9, obtaining as the outcome of your faith salvation. That's the result of strong faith. Look, faith goes with me all the way to the point of death, and then I go to be with the Lord face to face. I don't need to believe by faith anymore. I see face to face. Is that good news? But faith is with you all the way. All the way. He goes on, and I'll just jump over to it, talking about the Lord Jesus and His precious blood. Verse 19, the precious blood of the Lamb. For He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, Christians. Think about this. Who through Him are believers in God, who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory. Listen, so that your faith and hope are in God. Is your faith in God today? And I will just say this to you. Faith and hope come together a lot throughout the Word of God. Faith faith is the mother of hope. First, we believe the promise, and then we hope for it. That's always the order. Faith is the mother of hope. And we find faith and hope always together in the Word of God. So I ask you tonight, all of you listening, all of you who can hear me, are you living by faith? Pastor Mike, what do I need? I need, I need? I need faith is what I need. That's the answer. I need faith in God. Now we go back to 2 Peter chapter 1. Follow his thinking here, and I've outlined it for you. Every believer shares the same faith. As Peter, and our, te- our faith is being tested. But then we see in verse 3, now we're back in 1 Peter 1, 3. I-, I listed these at the top of the page there, if you picked up an outline as you came in. God has given us everything we need for life and godliness by knowing Jesus Christ as Lord. That is a statement of faith. Do you believe that or not? You have to decide. Well, you see, I believe that or don't believe that by the way I live. If God has provided everything I need for life and godliness, why do I go to other sources to try to take care of my life and act religious? Second statement of faith is found in verse 4. For by these, that is by these wonderful, by these wonderful things that have happened by God's power and by the knowledge of Jesus Christ, He has given us precious and magnificent promises. The promises of God are worth more than you have in your bank account. The promises of God are worth more than the real estate that you own and all of your property and possessions. The promises of God go with you because they can be placed in your mind and you can never forget them. You can dwell on them. These precious and magnificent promises of God. More than we can imagine, more than we can conceive, these are the promises of God, and yet we can't even find time to read the Bible in our daily life. But, oh, we trust God, do we? Do we? Do we really? 
If these are precious and magnificent promises, why aren't we living by them? The value of the promises of God are seen only by those who walk by faith. Look, these things don't matter. All this preaching, all this teaching, all we do, we do this not in order to just learn things in our mind. We do this to apply it in our life. My question tonight is, are you, are you believing God's promises, which are precious and magnificent in your life? When you run aground and things go bad, do you live by the, do you believe and do you trust and rely upon the promises of God? That's the question. Diligent faith in the promises of God gives salvation and life and godliness. So I ask you again tonight, what is the condition of your faith? Well, I've given you here something that I want to just go through for just a few minutes together in the time we have remaining. And I want to spend most of my time now applying this idea, and I'm going to just go through nine descriptions of what faith is. So what is faith in God? What does it mean to live by faith? If it's impossible to please God without faith, well, we didn't, I didn't read you the rest of Hebrews 11.6. But it says, without faith it is impossible to please God. Listen, I'll read the rest of it to you. Very important for you to know. For he who comes to God must, number one, believe that He is. Number two, that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. So what does faith do? Well, number one, faith does. Faith acts, A-C-T-S. Faith leads to walking with God. Faith leads to waiting on God. Faith leads to working for God. Because I have faith in God, I wait on God. Because I have faith in God, I walk with God. We read of these wonderful, wonderful examples of faith. In uh, Hebrews 11.5, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. And he was not found because God took him. What does it say when it, when it writes of Enoch in the Old Testament? Enoch walked with God and was not. Do you walk with God? Walking with God means that you talk with God, you walk with God, and you trust God. You trust Him with your children and your grandchildren. You trust Him with the current events of the day. You trust Him with health or sickness. You trust Him in your losses. You trust Him in your gains. You trust God and you walk with God. You don't go before Him. You walk with Him. Faith is walking with God. It is active. It is believing God in all the circumstances of life. It's believing God when you're a young man, when you're a middle-aged man, and an old man or woman. Walking with God, waiting on God. Pastor Mike, I've waited for God to answer this prayer for so long. Yes, and you may have to wait longer, but do you trust God as you wait? And will you serve God faithfully, by faith, regardless of what God asks you to do? Faith acts. 
2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. Romans 15, 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, that's it. God fills us with joy and peace as we believe. Faith is the mother of hope. And hope brings joy. Are you joyful tonight? You'll only have joy where there's faith. Are you hopeful tonight? You'll only have hope where there's faith. Oh, it's hopeless. You see, hopelessness goes with unbelief. If you're living in hopelessness tonight, you must go home and confess to God, God, I have turned back to unbelief. If you are complaining to God of your condition, you're complaining in unbelief. You're not accepting that God has this for you. That's an act of faith. Faith grows, 2 Thessalonians 1.3. We ought to always give thanks to God for you, brethren, as is only fitting because your faith is greatly enlarged. I hope that can be said to be true of our entire church. Sadly, I don't think it is, but it should be. You see, faith grows. As we walk with God and exercise our faith, our faith grows. Faith purifies. Acts 15, 8 and 9, And God, who knows the heart, testified to them, giving them the Holy Spirit, just as He did us. And He made no distinction between us and them. Listen, cleansing their hearts by faith. You see, the faith of God cleans out your heart, cleans out your mind, gets rid of all of that doubting, gets rid of all of that worry and trouble. Oh, oh, I'm trusting God, Pastor Mike, but I'm afraid and I'm worried. You, you can't do that. Faith cleans it out. When you walk with God and you trust God, worry goes away. Fear goes away. Faith acts. Faith grows. Faith purifies. Faith conquers the troubles of the world. Romans 8.37, But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loved us. We overwhelmingly conquer. As believers in Jesus Christ, we may look like the most pitiful people, but we are conquerors because we have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith conquers the troubles of the world, and faith conquers the world. Uh, I read it to you here. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. First John 4. Whatever's born of God overcomes the world. Either the Bible is exaggerating or something's wrong. Why aren't we overcoming, church? Take the Word of God now and place it before your eyes and read it and ask yourself, am I an overcomer or am I a complainer? Am I an overcomer or an underperformer? What am I? I'm not asking you to judge me. I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to judge myself. Ask yourself, is the Word of God true? By faith. Whatever's born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Faith assures. 1 Corinthians 3, 21-22, So then let no, man, no, no one boast in men. For all things belong to you. What a great statement. 
All things belong to you and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. If you belong to God, what else do you need? See, this is our challenge because we say, Lord, this is what I think my life ought to be like. And the Lord says, well, you belong to me and this is what I want your life to be like. Well, I didn't think life was going to turn out like this, but that's a lack of faith and submission to God for what He has for you. This is where you are. This is why some of you are stuck. This is why some of you have such pain and trouble in your life and you can't overcome. Because you will not believe God and what He has and His purposes for your life as it is. Faith assures when I belong to God, why do I worry? Faith trusts God's promises regardless of circumstances. Oh, our dear brother Abraham, hope against hope, he believed without becoming weak in faith, yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully assured that what was what God had promised, He was able to perform. Some of us need to go home and study tonight, Romans 4, 18 to 21, and say, Lord, give me again faith like Abraham. Same faith. Same as Peter's, same as the apostles. Faith fights. Fight the good fight of faith. You've got to fight. See, this is what I'm talking I'm talking to you about a battle. I'm describing to you and challenging you to fight in your faith. Fight in your faith. In addition to all, take up the shield of faith by which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So when the doubts come and the arrows and attacks come from the evil one against your faith, you raise the shield and you say, I will believe God, not myself. This is the battle. This is fighting the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called and you made the good confession. Here you are. At some point, this group in here, I know you. You made a commitment to Jesus Christ. You confessed Him as Lord and Savior and believed in Him by faith. Now you fight. And you fight by faith until the end. Until God takes you and you breathe your final breath. So tonight, are you doing what Peter says? Are you giving all diligence in your faith? That's what you need. Strong faith. Well, as we end tonight, how do we apply this? I, I always call it daily use. How do I use this in my life? I've got a couple of things for you here. First of all, when you pray, pray in faith. James said it this way, but he must ask in faith without any doubting. What is he talking about? Well, most of us know these words. This is where if anyone lacks wisdom, that would be everybody in this room. That would be everybody in this church building. Now, we have some arrogant ones who say they don't need any wisdom, but they need it. They're just liars. If you lack wisdom, oh, what do I do about this thing in my life? What do I do about this circumstance? What do I do about my 
family? What do I do about my parents? What do I do about my children? What do I... The question, what do I do, is a question about I need wisdom. If you lack wisdom, that'd be everybody here. If you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That's what I do. I ask God. Who gives to all generously and without reproach. By the way, as a result of asking God, He gives. How many times did David say it? I love the Lord because He answers my prayer. He hears and answers my prayer. Who gives to all generously without reproach, and it will be given to him... Verse 6, but he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord being a double-minded man. If you doubt when you pray and ask God, no wonder you receive no response. This is the fight of your faith. You're going to believe God? You're going to stand and believe God? Are you going to say, these are the promises of God, so prayerfully act in faith? Second, expect God in faith to act. That's the other part of James 1.6. Expect God is going to act. Faith says God hears me because I'm a child of God, and as a result of I ask the Lord for this, He will answer me. Expect God to act. It's sometimes this way, oh Lord, we're just hoping. And it's not the good way of hope. We're just, we're just wishing. We're just, we're just, oh, how we hope that somehow you could do something in this world. What a pitiful prayer that is. We just, maybe you can come through. What? Maybe. I've quoted it time and time again. When the Lord was teaching His disciples about prayer, how many of you fathers, when your child comes and asks you for something, if a child comes and asks his father for a fish, will he give him a stone? Remember that's what the Lord said? If you go and ask the Lord for wisdom and you need His help and guidance, is He going to turn you away or make a joke out of it? Why do you pray if you don't believe God will hear you or do anything? Is it just like a, another thing you're trying to do in an effort to do something? Oh no, praying in faith will revive you. Believe the promises of God. Pray in faith. Expect God in faith to act. Believe the promises of God. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness. Plead the promises of God as a child of God. How many times you heard your kids say it? Daddy, you promised. Mama, you promised. Plead the promise of God. Take the words of God and read them and bring them back to the Lord and say, Lord, this is what you've said and this is what I need. This is what I need. We're not, we're not serious about our faith. We just, 
We, we just want God... It's like everybody wants this shot. Just give me a shot to be spiritual. Just, just If I just go up to the church house, I'll be spiritual. But you see, I must be diligent in my faith in all of my life. Plead the promises of God. Turn to me and be gracious to me after your manner with those who love your name. Accept God's promises before they come. I love this one. Accept it that it's going to happen before it happens. If you live like it's happened, you'll be happy. Are you listening to the preacher? Listen to old Pastor Mike. If you accept that it's happened before it's happened, you're going to be happy. And some of you are pretty miserable. When those dear lepers came crying to the Lord Jesus to heal them, He said, go show yourself to the priests. Luke 17, 14. And as they were going, they were cleansed. They didn't even get to the priest. They were already healed. Oh, we get balled up. Boy, we get into our business. We get into all of our circumstances. We get into all this activity. We're just balled up in it. We're wound up in it all the day to day and all the cares and worries of the world got us and grinding us up and there's no faith in God. It's not the way God intended for us to live. And I end with this wonderful truth. Rest in faith. That's why the psalmist said it like this. Such sweet words. Return to your rest, O my soul. You know who says that? Somebody who trusts God. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. You see, it's like the old preacher said, faith is the resting of the heart on God. Faith is the resting of the heart on God. Have faith in God when all else fails about you. Have faith in God. He's on His throne. Have faith in God. He watches o'er His own. He cannot fail. He must prevail. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Can anybody say amen? Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the truth of Your Word. And tonight we thank You that we have experienced as a result of believing in the Lord Jesus Christ the same faith as the apostles and believers for thousands of years before us. And now here we are, Lord, and every last one of us needs wisdom to know how to walk by faith. And some of us are crushed in despair by the worrying troubles and cares of this world. Help us, help us, Lord, to trust You. To trust You.
in everything to trust you. So tonight with our heads bowed, perhaps you need to make that decision in your life before you leave this place and confess your sin of unbelief about whatever it is. Right now, you just should confess it to the Lord. Lord, this is what I have not... I'm ashamed that I have not believed you for this. Confess it. You'd be better for it. And then ask God to help you by faith to walk out of this place hopeful and joyful. Knowing that God will answer, He's already heard it, and accept what's done before it happens. May the Lord give us wisdom in His Word tonight. Heavenly Father, we love You. Thank You for this time in Your Word. Oh, how it challenges us. And may the Word of God, by the Holy Spirit, now be placed in our hearts. And may these good seeds of the truth of the Word of God grow in our lives. And may there be strong faith coming out of these, my dear brothers and sisters who are here tonight and who are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Good to see you. Say hello to somebody on the way out and hope to see you Sunday. And God bless you. Have a great week.